Leslie's opinions? Check out her blog at www.lesliemarshallshow.com. And a pleasure to have him with us here on the only true democracy in talk radio, Olivier Knox, chief Washington correspondent for Yahoo News and one of my favorite guests on the show, no joke. Olivier, how you doing? Good afternoon and happy hump day. Oh, thank you very much. And back to you. I'm doing pretty well. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. You also co-host Top Line, a Yahoo News, ABC News original program. And you've covered some of the world's biggest stories over your nearly 16 years. Wow, we're getting old, huh, buddy? Uh, with Agence France <laughs> Press, uh, starting with Bill Clinton's impeachment and Alcor's presidential campaign. And now, of course, you're, uh, the, the big news is the big guy in town who, wow, you get talk shows and politicians loving and hating this guy, not just a world leader, but a leader religiously and spiritually, and that's uh, Pope Francis. Um, let's talk about the opening remarks. First thing, when I went to uh, television job today, but not my radio job, my TV job at Fox, some of the people in the green room who were Catholic said, I just didn't like him opening up with immigration and climate change. Um, is, is, is this guy just saying, look, this is I am who I am and putting it out there and getting it out there. Uh, and, and, and this is heartfelt to him. Uh, is this in line with the Catholic teachings? Uh, what, what, what did you observe, Olivier, and what were people saying? Well, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna stay away from from uh, making a determination on Catholic teaching because I'm just not. I, I'm I'm not part of the church, and this guy is the guy who's supposed to decide these, these, a lot of these questions. Um, what I'll say is, it's a little bit disconcerting to hear people say that the Pope shouldn't be or isn't or, or can't be political, posed in the political for all time. Um, John Paul II's crusade against Eastern Bloc communism was absolutely uh, vital. To helping to bring that system down, um, they've they've been political forever. John Paul II weighed in um, against stem, uh, fetal stem cell research and against the Iraq War. This is stuff that's been going on forever. Pope Francis is not um, meaningfully breaking with that tradition. Popes have always waded into politics. Um, what's happening with this guy, though, is it, what's really different is that he's changing the rhetoric of the church from where Benedict XVI had it. He's focusing a lot more on, um, on mercy, on forgiveness, on income inequality. Um, he is expressing concerns that a lot of people around the world have about their own lives. And he- oh, we're going to take a break. I don't know what happened here. Olivier Knox, Chief Washington Correspondent for Yahoo News. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Keep Leslie in your pocket. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash members. to break there, Olivier. My producers uh, cut you off on your end of your sentence. My apologies. Olivier Knox, chief Washington correspondent for Yahoo News, is in the house. We are talking about a big guy with uh, a big um, a, a big white gown who's in the house, and it was uh, the White House today, and that's Pope Francis. Olivier, uh, please continue. Um, let, let's, before we talk about what he did in praise of the president and, and one issue there, he really did come out of the box, um, you know, talking about... Uh, global poverty and tackling that 
uh, certainly talking about immigration as well. And, you know, I'm going to say, you're not saying, I'm going to say, Olivier, you know, a, a lot of people don't like sometimes what religious leaders say, but it's their job to speak not only for their religion, but the leader of their religion. And in this case, that's that's Christ, right? That's Christians are followers of Christ. And, and I honestly think that this pope has been more in line with Christ and the teachings of Christ, if you look at the Bible even as just a historical or academic reference. Um, so, uh, you know, and I, I like the fact that he added some of his uh, personal experiences because we are uh, a melting pot and and also because immigration is a political issue but i agree with you he's not the first to speak politics so why do you think it's approached as if he is by many in the media well i think um i think we tend to have a little bit of a blind spot on this stuff one thing most people who are writing about american politics are not papal history experts um so that's one blind spot we also honestly don't write about faith all that well um the political reporters don't um so i think there are some there's some factors like that that complicate how we cover pope francis um, I don't know that the media is being all that that tough on him, although, um, I mean, I think we tend to actually overemphasize the areas where he agrees with President Obama and kind of play down um, some of the areas where they disagree. And mostly that's because the areas where they disagree are really, lo- or most of them are really longstanding. Um, but, for example, the question of religious liberty and, and the way that that was woven into one of the lawsuits against Obamacare over the contraception mandate, you know, we don't, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that in the Pope co- papal, the coverage of the papal visit today. Very true. Uh, another uh, way in which he praised and championed, if you will, the president um, was the president's actions on climate change. Should we hear what the Pope had to say and then chat about it, Olivier? Yes, absolutely. Okay, here's Pope Francis praising President Obama's climate initiatives. Mr. President, I find it encouraging that you are proposing an initiative for reducing air pollution. Accepting, accepting the urgency, it seems clear to me also that climate change is a problem we can no longer be left to a future generation. When it comes to the care of our common home, we are living at a critical moment of history. We still have time to make the change needed to bring about a sustainable and integral development, for we know that things can change. Such such change demands on our part a serious and responsible recognition not only of the kind of the world we may be leaving to our children, but also to the millions of people living under a system which has overlooked them. Our common home has been part of this group of the excluded, which cries out to heaven and which today powerfully strikes our homes, 
our cities, our societies. To use a telling phrase of the Reverend Martin Luther King, we can say that we have defaulted on a promissory note, and now is the time to honor it. Uh, joining us is Olivier Knox, Chief Washington Correspondent for Yahoo News. Of course, that was Pope Francis and praising, as we had mentioned, the president on, uh, on the president's climate initiatives and speaking uh, directly on action on climate change. Um, Olivier, is, is it the split as we've seen in the past with Darwinism or with teachings in school regarding creationism and Darwinism? Um, is it this split that religion and science uh, never the twain shall meet, or does this come under religion and political uh, science and never the twain shall meet? Well, I think there are a lot of uh, there's a lot to unpack in that in that in that question. I guess I would say, um, you know, the church uh, was of course instrumental in preserving a lot of scientific knowledge through the dark ages. Um, the 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 church has not um, has not always has not always rejected science. Um, but this is a very speci- very specific case. Uh, you you see a pope who has, is calling for action on climate change. Climate change, you know, the overwhelming uh, body of science is that climate change is occurring and it is being fueled by human activity. Um, but we have a fairly large contingent of Americans who don't believe this. Um, and so that's that's kind of um, when you have someone with the pope's moral authority coming out and saying that. I think it put, puts a lot of people ill at ease. I would say particularly the people who don't believe in climate change. Uh, def- uh, definitely. Um, what, what do you think the Pope's power, if any, is in influencing people when we are approaching a year from a huge political election? I mean, we have, you know, key House and Senate seats. The president's definitely leaving. We're going to have a change of the guard. And, of course, Republicans are hoping a change of party. Democrats are hoping to keep the party and maybe have a change of gender and to bring something uh, new about uh, again. Uh, so, you know, in bringing these uh, specific things, which are consistent with comments he's made in the past, uh, but, but do you think that actually, you know, he's having some influence here other than the discussions from the talking heads on the, uh, you know, Sunday shows? <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit difficult to say. You know, nobody at the White House thinks that the Pope's speech on Thursday is going to change any hearts on Capitol Hill. No one's going to go for saying, I don't believe in climate change, too. I've seen the light. The Pope said, we have to fight climate change, so I'm going to. But they do see a role for the Pope in shifting public opinion ahead of fairly serious climate change talks in Paris in December. Um, and he has that, he has that authority um, with um, the millions of American Catholics who are out there um, and I, I haven't heard um, I haven't heard anyone in the White House say that they think he's going to be a determining factor in, in, in the election. But he might um, he might sway some public opinion. He might get people to take a second look. You know, a lot of people right now, um, if if uh, the president proposed the Pledge of Allegiance, a lot of people in Congress would reflexively oppose it. Um, so maybe having his voice come out. Um, loudly in favor of fighting climate change will change some some of public opinion and that in turn will be sort of a bank shot and put some pressure on congress i i want to talk about some other things that the pope um you know has done and there's something that there are a lot of people as you know olivia in the united states that 
that feel that he needs to say more about. There are some people that say they, they were disappointed with how he touched upon the abuse and the scandals of, of the past with regard to molestation, pedophilia uh, in the church. Can you expand on that at all? So the Pope, this Pope has actually established a tribunal that's supposed to look into and punish um, the senior members of the clergy who either um, ignored the signs of child abuse or actively covered up child abuse by Catholic priests. Um, some folks are saying he's, going, he's doing too little and too slowly, um, but he is moving a little bit on, 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 that, on that score. And I think that's, that's another big part of his appeal to a lot of American Catholics is that he is trying uh, not to smother, but to get past this, this um, really just horrifying scandal that's really badly tarnished the Catholic Church in the United States. Uh, that's that's no question. Um, when we look at uh, just hardcore numbers, I mean, there have been a number of people that have left the church. There have been less people joining the church, and then less people who may not have left the church but physically not going to church. Um, with this pope, there have been some numbers I've seen, especially oddly enough in the state of Michigan, a lot of young men who are entering uh, the priesthood. Has Pope Francis brought about not just a change in how people see uh, him, the pope, uh, but Catholicism is perhaps changing, progressing, and hopeful, and therefore more people willing to go back to uh, their religion of their youth or maybe try this religion out if it wasn't something they were brought up in. Uh, well, uh, the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., uh, Cardinal Whirl, recently did a roundtable with a few reporters, and we asked him, you know, how has having a new— when we, when we get a new president, this system changes a little bit, how has having a new pope changed your life? And he said it's made it so much easier because he is focusing in his pastoral message on, um, on mercy, on forgiveness, on economic troubles, on things that people can relate to, and they like the way he talks about those issues. Um, so when I walk into a room, people are predisposed to hearing my message. They're not reflexively resistant. Uh, and he likes to talk, Cardinal World likes to talk about ex-lapsed Catholics. I don't really know what the numbers are exactly, but it's true. You know, you talk to people, I talk to some... Um, I don't want to say lapsed Catholics, some people who left the Catholic Church or, or who uh, found another church, and they are giving this Pope a really long look, um, and some of them are giving Catholicism a whole other look. I mean, I, I think there's no question that he's, having, um, that he's having an impact. I just haven't yet seen um, actual numbers. I, I, I imagine there are some out there, because places like the Pew uh, Poll, Pew Institute, look into those things. But he, I think it's undeniable that he's changed the mood of American Catholics. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, is this Pope different in the way he was with children? Clearly his security detail allowed and brought forth children who he would embrace and kiss while he was in his Pope-mobile, uh, you know, uh, and, and certainly there was strict security. And one thing I have to say is I noticed how multicultural those children were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, you know, popes are, popes are not apolitical. I mean, he sounded like a bit of a candidate on the South Lawn today, and, you know, he did that Pope-mobile trip where he, you know, he literally kissed babies. So, I mean, um, he is, I think it's more of a question of general accessibility than it is a question of children. I think that he, um, when at his installation mass, which I attended as the, as the print pool reporter traveling with Vice President Biden, he made a big point of traveling in an open-air Pope mobile, not behind the bulletproof glass um, that the Pope has traveled in ever since uh, someone tried to kill John Paul II. Um, so I think it's a question of accessibility. He does put a premium on his kind of everyman image, and sometimes it can be it can feel a little bit forced. 
Um, but that's something that everybody agrees on, that, that he does have this sort of everyman, no Gucci shoes kind of, uh, kind of image. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Then again, when in Italy, um, I do have to say, Olivier, if I were to interview the Pope, I would ask a very uncomfortable question, which would be if you are really into caring for the poor, you know, Jesus wrote, you know, uh, in on a donkey kind of thing. Um, then why are you living in the Vatican? I mean, it's palatial. One of the things that actually bothered me when I visited there was the artwork and the gold and the wealth when you have people starving in places that Mother Teresa would visit, like Calcutta or parts of Mexico and other areas throughout the country, other very Catholic uh, areas throughout the country. That aside, that's my digression. But uh, the... uh, you wrote about um, a lot of things here that I haven't seen other people mention. I wanted you to tell folks listening about this ceremony, bringing people together. And you point out two people specifically, two men with very different backgrounds. Um, yet there are things that unite them. And perhaps this Pope is a uniter, which, uh, you know, we need, I think, in today's world and certainly today's America. Um, you know, our, the community organizer from Chicago is our president and a priest from Argentina. Why is this so different and this pairing so different? And honestly, even the criticism of this pope so different. I mean, Rush Limbaugh called him a Marxist. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, American conservatives, conservative American Catholics are not big fans of this pope. I think where he's really changed, but they're not breaking with the church over him. Um, where, where he's really had an impact is liberal American Catholics or the ones who are giving the church that, that um, second look that we were just talking about. It's a different pairing for a few reasons. I mean, obviously it helps when the core of the Pope's message uh, has significant overlap with the core of the President's message, which that wasn't really true with Benedict. Um, and uh, I'm sorry if there's background noise. There's a guy on a bullhorn across Lafayette Park from the White House who's been <laughs> yammering incoherently for hours now. Um, is, it, is it Ben Carson? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Couldn't help oh. myself. Couldn't help myself. Zing. Um, yeah, so I think, I think you know, it's the, the considerable overlap in, their, in, the, in the core of their message, I think, helps them get along. I, I don't, this is his first time at the White House. The president has been to the Vatican. The vice president has been to the Vatican. I'm not completely sure I know what their, what their actual personal interactions are like. You know, their, their meeting today was so private. It was just the two of them and an interpreter. Um, but yeah, you know, there's an overlap there and, and that helps. Um, the message is generally one that resembles, um, Obama's message more than Benedict did. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of another Another good pairing. I mean, famously, Reagan and John Paul II saw eye to eye on communism and, and, and sort of, you know, forged this kind of unlikely alliance. Um, so we, it's not the first time we've seen this kind of, I don't know if partnerships the right word, but, but cooperation um, between a White House and a Pope. The, the, this Pope famously facilitated the talks with Cuba, um, though. So he's really getting involved in a lot of this stuff. I like him. I'm not Catholic. I like him. When he talks, I'm, you know, I'm listening. I don't think he's a liberal either. I mean, when you listen to his stance on, you know, uh, homosexuality, on abortion, I mean, he's definitely not a liberal there. Olivier, I love you. Thank you for being with us and taking the time. Have a good day. I know you've been working a lot. I uh, hope you can have a cocktail tonight or some time with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Uh, Olivier yeah. Knox, uh, Chief Washington Correspondent for Yahoo News. Check out the website for Yahoo, yahoo.com forward slash author forward slash Olivier, O-L-I-V-I-E-R, like Oliver. Uh, and um, that's hyphen Knox, K-N-O-X. Follow him on Twitter at Onox, O-K-N-O-X. When we come back, live from our nation's capital, Talk Radio News Service. We'll be back. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE.
How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.